Hey everybody, bienvenidos, bienvenue, benvenuti, willkommen. Welcome to another episode of the Red Card Report podcast. This is episode number 74, and Rui has a case of food poisoning, so he's not going to be here tonight. But joining me tonight, we have a very special guest, and I'm going to see if I can say his name right in this instance, is my good friend, Marcin Kaczmarski. I almost had it. Yeah, Almost had it, Marcin. He is the co-host of the Toppins Talk podcast. You can follow them on Twitter at Toppins Talk underscore. This guy's a diehard Juventino. I mean it. Like I, dude's been watching Juve for like twenty some odd years, and he's also probably one of the the leaders of the football boot world. So, without further ado, Marcin, <laughs> how are you doing tonight? Hey, how are you? Thank you, Joe, for obviously having me on. And I'm, uh, I'm pumped to be on the podcast. Awesome. Now, thank you for showing up. But let's start at the very beginning, Machin. How did you become a Juve fan? Because I'll be honest with you. You're Polish. Mm-hmm. This is this seems a little bit out of the ordinary. Yeah. So, um, yeah, for those of you who don't know me, I was born and raised in Poland, um, moved to the States in my early teens. Um, but yeah, how I became a Juvent, uh, Juventino and a Juventus fan is in 2001, uh, I was very fortunate enough to be on holiday with my folks and we actually went to, to Italy. We went to Northern Italy, did like the whole tour of like the, the Alps in, in, in Northern Italy. Um, we had a blast doing it and it just so happened to coincide with uh, a match at the old Juventus stadium. Um, so, and of, of all the matches of it going on, it was actually the Torino Derby. So it was Juve versus Torino. So we actually ended up getting like, we, we, I mean, I'll be honest, we didn't get like the best top of the line seats, but we got seats to the game. And that was like my first taste of Juve. So the game was crazy, ended in a draw. Uh, I watched uh, Del Piero, Trezeguet, all score goals. It was, you know, like first first taste of Juve is right out of the gate is, is Trezeguet. What? Is Nedved, is Del Piero. Yeah, that whole trio. So yeah, I was I was super hyped. And like ever since that moment, I've kind of just fell in love with the club and, and followed the club, um, read the history. Obviously, I, I told you before we started the podcast, I'm Juve tatted. Um, so I have <laughs> I have Juventus tattoos that are on me for life. So it's it's definitely something that's um, not going away anytime soon. Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the story of how I became a Juve fan. It's, it's, it's just so happened that I was on vacation in Northern Italy with my folks and we, we caught the Torino Derby. <laughs> Dude, you... You lived one of my dreams. I have never, I've never seen Del Piero play like in person. I haven't seen any of those guys, so I'm actually really jealous. <laughs> I'm incredibly jealous. Like you went to the old Dele Alpi, I'm assuming. Yep. yep. That I mean, of course you're not. You weren't gonna. You weren't gonna find the most amazing scene in that stadium. That stadium was huge. I think yep. it was like ninety thousand. Honestly, I think it was ninety thousand seats. I could be wrong. That's just what I remember. It was just three miles from the pitch because you had that huge warning track. So yeah, they wanted to make it like an Olympic stadium and have it used for like concerts. I think there was only like two concerts there the entire time. It was a it was (laughs) actually there. But oh my god, have you been back? Have you actually been back since then to the new Juventus Stadium and all that? Yeah, I've been uh, to the UA Stadium three times since it opened. So I've been to see matches. Uh, one year, the first time or my last time that I was there was actually in 2016 when I went for the Euros. So I went to go watch Poland play in the Euros, and Poland was obviously the Euros were in France. So it's it's a quick little like half an hour, 45 minute trip from 
uh, where I was staying in Nice to, to Torino. So it was just a quick little drive and I just did like tour. We, you know, just had fun, had to, uh, like lunch and dinner in the city. Uh, but that's the last time I was there just in general. And then before that, I caught a couple of games. That's awesome. So you've been more than I have. <laughs> God damn it. And All I'm right. like here in the States. So like I, I live in, for anybody like listening, I live in Jersey now. Uh, any single time they've come to the States, I've obviously seen them play here too now. Um, so I did see Del Piero play here in the United States also in the last, I think it was the last year before he retired, Juve came to the U.S. and actually played in New Jersey, like 30 they minutes did. before I live. And I caught a game. So I was literally sitting like three rows behind the net and I got to watch Del Piero and uh, Pirlo take free kicks right from like three rows behind the, the net. It was crazy. I'm actually, I'm I'm getting kind of mad. I'm, I'm <laughs> not gonna lie. No, I I'm dead serious, much, and I'm kind of I'm kind of pissed. I did I got I did see Pirlo play, so we have that in common at least, aside from being Juventini. But speaking of Pirlo, thoughts on the opener versus Sampdoria? Yeah, so I was honestly like thoroughly impressed, like straight straight out of the gate. I was very impressed. Mm-hmm. There was a lot of players that I thought that last year were not playing up to par. Let's just leave it at that. For example, Aaron, Aaron Ramsey being one of them. <laughs> um, and Ramsey was super impressive. Like I was like blown away. He was kind of all over the pitch. He had that great assist for one of those goals. He was just all over the place. Rabio kind of like has consistently been playing on that form that he ended last season with, which was great to see. So um, I was really pumped to see like the continuity of him, like coming into the team and, and getting more minutes. Uh, and he was really good. Him and Bonucci kind of playing the ball out of the back was was great to see. Um, young kid, 20 or 21 year old that never played uh, in Serie A, made his debut on the on the left wing, uh, which is crazy to say. And he was really right. good too, for 66 minutes for Bota. So that that was great. I mean, there were so many like highlights of the game. So uh, Kulusevski obviously getting on the scoreboard. Ronaldo like starts the season off well. He had a, he could have had three four goals if he was a little bit more clinical. So. I feel like it was a great start to the match or, or to the season, excuse me. I, you you kind of see the ideas that Pirlo wants to instill in this team of playing after the back and like these quick transitions. And it's stuff that we, we thought we'd see with Ball last year. And I'm not going to get into that right now, but that was um, a mess. Yeah, that was that was a lot of mess. But yeah, I was thoroughly impressed. And obviously, um, we have two key tests in the next two matches with Roma and, and Napoli. So I feel like if if we can continue that progress that we made in that first match and see the same style of play and in these next two games, I think the, uh, the sky's the limit for this team. So kind of segueing with, with that, what are your expectations coming up from Pirlo as a manager? Like yeah, expectations so, and predictions, we'll say. Sure. Um, well, predictions, I mean, expectations is, is kind of like every other UA fan. Like, I want to win every trophy. Like, right. So that's that's okay. that's my expectation. Um, cha- Champions like Champions League go as deep as we possibly can in that. Obviously, there's you need some luck and you need some, like, hot form at the right time. So there's a little bit more that comes with the UCL. Um, but, yeah, Coppa Italia I, I, and the Scudetto, I'd, I'd expect that. Like, a double, like, I, I would want that, like, bare minimum. Um, I don't really see a team in the league, I'll be honest, that can challenge us over the course of a full season. So that, that's just my personal opinion. I'm sure there's there's other mm-hmm. people that aren't UA fans that will argue that. But yeah, over the course of a, a, a full campaign, I don't think there's anybody that can match us game for game. Kind of like we saw last year. We won the Scudetto with a couple games in hand, like Inter Merdad try to <laughs> try to make it a little close. Yeah, by the way, if, if if you ever listen to our podcast, I never say Inter by itself. I always add Merda because I will never... That's it's a good man. That's just that's just a rule of thumb for myself. Um, so yeah, I, that will always co- those two words will always coincide with each other. 
<laughs> That's a good. I, I knew I liked you much, and I knew I liked you. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, over the course of a season, um, that's kind of what my expectations are. Like, like I want the 10th Scudetto. I want another Coppa Italia. And I, ideally, I would like at least a semifinal Champions League. But uh, ideally, like I said, I want to win it because we have Ronaldo for only two more seasons this year, next year on his contract. Who knows if he's going to get re-signed. I, it's, I, I don't see it happening because he's going to be 38 at that point. So yeah. I don't foresee them dropping 30 mil a year onto Ronaldo when he's 38. I just can't see it. So basically, it's this year or next year with them. So yeah, that's, those are my expectations. Is is the treble? I know it's high, but <laughs> you always. That, I mean, yeah, that is setting the bar very high for a very very green coach. I don't want to even call him green just because he's been a he he literally has been a a coach for one game, but I feel like he's been surrounded by the game of football itself for so mm-hmm. long that he. He kind of knows the deal. He can he can go with it. So let me let me ask you this question though: Do you think that we can maintain what we saw against Sampdoria against those next two opponents, Roma and Napoli? Because I feel like that's that we're very early in the season, mm-hmm. and those are two kind of I'll call them tricky games. They're games that yeah. maybe could go either way, maybe, yeah. especially the Napoli one. Yeah, I, I mean, I think I can. I think we can. I think it's just a matter of keeping the lineup consistent and what works. So obviously, Sa- Sandro's out. So either Frabota's going to start there or uh, Decilio is going to start there. So it, it really depends. Uh, I mean, I would personally run that that kid back out there in that lineup. He was hundred percent. He was solid in that opener. So I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't give Decilio the harder day just because I don't like him. Um, <laughs> kind of like most people don't. But. Yeah, I mean, just keep the lineup consistent. Like I said, that midfield was great. Like, McKenney was just a bulldog. You, you kind of got that, like, Edgar Davids, like, prime Vidal kind vibe. of vibe. Yep. From, yeah. So keep McKenney in there. I mean, um, Bentancur, I'm sure Arthur are going to get those those minutes and get brought into the team. Um, but, yeah, the midfield was solid in that first game. Obviously, we have Dybala who started training, so we'll see if he's going to be fit for um, for the next match. And then we're just waiting on, on Dilik to come back. And then this, this squad's going to start steamrolling, I think. You know what? I I forgot that Delict's gonna be back in November. I yep. don't know why I spaced out on that, but him and get rid of Danilo and put him in the back will will look pretty good. Mm-hmm. So speaking of of just players in general, let's talk a little bit about transfers. So sure. we have maybe a couple weeks before it closes. I believe it closes October fifth. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling I know what you're going to say, but I got to ask this question anyway for the people listening. Where should Juventus like improve the most, and who would you want to see come? I mean, ideally, you bring in Lewandowski, and then we just take, take oh, the and then pow pow, yeah, yeah, right. We just take the football world by storm. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I have to give, give him a shout at some point. Hundred uh, percent. Um, yeah. Yeah, in all honesty, I think Awar would have been a, a fantastic signing for this mid. Um, like I said, like you read so many reports like, oh, you have to sell a midfielder and get rid of Sammy's contract and then sell somebody. So, like, I get that. Um, but Awar would have been great. That was the guy that I've been wanting since, like, January. If you followed, like, my content on, on my Twitter page, like, I've been talking about Awar since, like, late last year. Like, December, January, I was like, bring this kid in. Um, so, we'll, obviously, we'll see if that happens. It's doubtful at this point. Realistically, I think if Juve signed another like wing back to to help out, especially somebody on the right hand side, that would be huge because obviously Quadrado isn't a natural uh, right back. If we if we play a four back system, 
so somebody for Quadrado, um, Danilo, obviously, like you mentioned, he's not the greatest <laughs> right back in, no. in any stretch of the imagination. No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know Sandro gets a lot of like stick on the left, but I think he's very serv- serviceable. And I think with Frabota being behind him to kind of get some minutes in, I think that's fu- that's totally fine. Now. So I'm, I'm very content with Sandro playing on the left. Uh, and obviously next year, hopefully Pellegrini gets some minutes in there. Yeah, can we actually can we talk about him for a quick second? What do you what do you make of him going to Genoa and not staying? I mean, I, I read it was a it's a dry loan, right? Yeah, so it's, it's a not, dry no, loan. No obligation. So I mean, that kind of shows that Juve don't have any intention of selling him. It's just that they think that he might not get the minutes that he needs to develop over the course of this year. Um, so that's just my thought. I, I feel like, like I said, it makes sense in the long run. Like he's gonna get he's gonna play week in and week out. You know, so he's, it's still top light football. And then I feel like next year he can kind of be groomed to be that Sandro replacement. If you may want to sell Sandro and, and plug Pellegrini right in, I, I feel like that would make sense. So uh, I think it's just more of a fact that, like, hey, Pellegrini knew that he wasn't going to be playing week in, week out with Sandro being up there. And even DeShilio, I think, would would get more uh, more um, time, uh, more minutes. Yeah, more time and more minutes from because he's he's established. He, he knows he knows the system. He knows, like, how to play within Juve. So, yeah, I, like I said, I think the move makes sense. I, I, like I said, I wish Pellegrini stayed. So, obviously, we could see him a little bit more on the pitch. Right. I was but, excited for that. So was I. But, yeah, I, I get the move. I understand it. So, who would you want to come in for, like, one of those fullback positions? Are there any names that come to mind? Yeah, I mean, I mean, Gozins from, from Atalanta has been one that's been, like, very oh. highly, like, linked. So, I would love Gozins if we're going to bring anybody um, to be like that left side mid. Serginho Dest has been definitely somebody that we've been kind of linked with recently um, over the past, like, what, six weeks. But lately I've been reading it's more Barca and Bayern, so I feel like that's out of the question. Surprise. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, no shocker there. Um, but yeah, I, I can't think of anybody else on the right-hand side. I mean, I, ideally I would love somebody like Ricardo Perea from uh, from Leicester oh, City. Oh, dude, no. I've been saying that for months. I would love that. Yeah, like like Bray has been uh, definitely one that I I would love at Juve as the as the right hand side mid uh, or like wing back, right back, yeah. whatever you want to play him at. But yeah, like that's that's obviously not going to happen. Leicester's going to lock up that squad. But yeah, like go, goes in somebody along those lines. I could see kind of being brought in. Uh, I know we've we've been hearing more and more rumors about Chiesa being brought in if, if Douglas Costa leaves. So. I feel like I feel like every move is dependent on something else happening. So like, oh, we have to sell what this guy to make like to facilitate this guy. So I feel like, yeah, there's what t- ten days, eleven days until the market closes. So um, I'm sure Paratici and Nedved have their work cut out for them. <laughs> oh, no, uh, no doubt. So it'll be. Uh, you're right. I think that you you really hit the nail on the head when you said we have to get get rid of sell or do something else with one player that we already have before we can go go in for another one although which... i will i will give credit to the management they have done a fantastic job getting rid of players that should not be on juve over the course of the summer like getting rid of uh Higuain, like that's huge like he, he was serv- obviously serviceable but yeah get, having him move on Matuidi, even though I know a lot of people didn't like him, but yeah, he was an energetic box-to-box mid. So like, I, I was always like, I understood what he brought to the team. So moving him on uh, in their advanced age, and then well, I'm still seeing more and more stuff about Kadira being um, mutually contract rescinded also. So hopefully that that's the last piece of the puzzle. I know, just got to offload that last piece of dead weight, baby. Mm-hmm. And then... And then I think that we'll be okay, and then we can bring bring in someone else. But mm-hmm. all all really good picks, actually. 
a lot of similar ones. I would really love to see Gosens on this team, but wishful thinking. We'll see. Mm-hmm. And you alluded to it earlier that, you know, we're linked with Chiesa. We're also linked with Douglas Costa going the other way to Fiorentina or potentially going to Barcelona. Do you think that that makes, that makes any sense? Do these uh, I, sorts I of rumors we- hold any weight? I think the the most recent report that I've kind of been reading into is was Douglas Costa going to Wolves in EPL. I heard so that too. Place, uh, Diego Jota, who went to Liverpool. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, if Costa goes, I mean, replacing Chiesa is an interesting move. I, I personally really like like Douglas. I mean, he's 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 one of those few Good. players that when he has the ball, you're just like, what is this? What is this guy gonna do with it? Like, he's just so talented on ball and like. Obviously, it's it's just a matter of fact of keeping him on the pitch and and making sure he's healthy. That's that's the bottom line. Yeah, it's just like what I've been reading is that they were we've been talking with Barcelona. By we, I mean Juve. Juve's been talking with Barcelona and switching with Dembele. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you're switching one glass player for another glass player. That doesn't mm-hmm. that doesn't help us. And we might as well just keep who we have. You know what I mean? That's that's literally the only. The only real minus that I see with with Douglas Costa is that you you got to keep him fit. Even Aaron Ramsey, I I hope to I hope to God that he just stays fit for more than four games like yeah. in a row. So we'll see I, how we'll see how they do. I think the only thing that kind of like benefits from a Juve perspective on the Costa Dembele swap is I, I believe Dembele is what six years younger than Costa. So you yeah. Have- so you have a, a player that technically you should have on at the club for the foreseeable future and has a lot more of a resale value potential later on. Uh, and obviously Dembele could kind of like sort himself out, you know, like he can become a world beater. Like he was he was so dynamic at, at, at Dortmund. Like it's it was ridiculous. I mean, there's a reason why Barcelona paid over 100 mil for him. Um, so, yeah, you still you still see that potential. I feel like Douglas Costa is what Douglas Costa is. He's, he's a he's a dynamic dribbler. There's he's not going to change. But I feel like Dembele can still hit those those upper echelon like levels if he kind of like sorts himself out and, and maintains himself on the pitch. So, I, I mean, I see the benefit from a Juve perspective of that swap deal. Yeah, I you know, what? I think that one thing that we don't really take into consideration as as viewers, I know that you are you're an avid footballer and all that. <clears throat> Excuse me, but and you def like you definitely know this, but fitness is incredibly key. So I'm I'm wondering I'm just wondering what what he would need to do, like both of them, like Douglas Costa or Dembele, need to do to change in order to improve their fitness, so that way they that that this sort of stuff doesn't happen and they're not on the sidelines for months, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's a very, very complicated issue. I feel like. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it is just managing um, your workload on the pitch and off the pitch. So that's, that's just huge. And obviously getting the right therapy and the right doctors in. Um, I don't remember if I, if I read this correctly, but I know that Juve brought in new medical staff from somewhere else. And I, I, I want to say that they had like either the least or like the second least amount of like muscle muscular injury or like uh, muscular injuries happen underneath that tutelage of that staff. Cause they just had some like different techniques of like working with players to help, help them like recover from like hamstrings, like strains and all that stuff. So I'm really curious just to see over the course of this year, if with this new medical staff in place, if 
that holds true if we're still going to be getting like players like tearing hamstrings or having strains and i'm just gonna it's just something like a small little like nitpicky thing but it's definitely something i want to like keep an eye on because people are always like oh big transfers big transfers but then like we got a new medical team in and they're supposed to be really good so i'm hoping they can keep players on the pitch (laughs) see that's the kind of info that we need to start spreading around so thank you for that martin yeah and i gotta ask you this question I kind of hate these sorts of questions because I feel like it's just so early. It's like trying to predict who's going to win the Super Bowl before like anything ever really happens. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, who will finish in the top four this season? Sure. I think so, you know. um, so we did. I did. We literally did the exact same thing on our podcast on our last episode. We did a little Serie A predictions and we did top four. Um, so I had a little couple little like what I'll call it ballsy predictions for my top four. Um, I had Juve obviously finishing in number one, so 10th Scudetto in the bag. But I actually predicted Atalanta getting uh, second place in the league. Oh, like pipping Inter for that? Yeah, yeah, pipping Meta for that. That is ballsy, sure. Yeah, I had a little, I I mean, I like the, they made some subtle moves. They brought obviously Christian Romero in from Juve and Lona. I think in that system, I think he's going to do wonders. Um, they brought in Miranchuk from Lokomotiv, from Lokomotiv Moscow, which I'm sure you remember us playing in the Champions League last year. He's a really t- like talented player, and I feel like under 20 mil is what I believe they paid for. I think it's a steal. They brought in Piccini from Valencia, the right back, and I feel like, like I said, all of these players that they're bringing in, like they aren't huge names, but I feel like they really fit into the system that Gasparini has at Atalanta. And like, I mean, we've seen it. He just kind of like takes those like not like mediocre players because that's the wrong word, but those those not yeah. as talented players, and he just takes them to that next level within his system. So I feel Gasparini like Atalanta, fan. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I think Atalanta <laughs> is is my ballsy prediction for finishing second. Um, I actually had, I believe I had Merda at three. That was in in my prediction, and then I had another ballsy prediction with Milan finishing fourth. Um, wow, Rui will be really happy to hear that. <laughs> yeah. So I actually had Milan finishing fourth, and then I believe it was uh, Lazio and Roma within five six. That was kind of like where I was at. Um, just, and I kind of based that off of just what I saw with, with Zlatan coming into the squad um, after the uh, COVID intermission. And he just really like transformed that team. Like it was completely night and day difference from the squad that played uh, pre-COVID to after to post-COVID. I think Milan had the most points out of all the teams post-break. So you really saw them kind of like take it up a notch and like take it to that next level. And I just kind of thought that that would transition well into this season, like it being a very short break that we had between last year and this year. So I kind of like went, like I said, a couple ballsy picks, Milan at four, Atalanta at two. So I'm hoping at the end of the year, I can I could say I was right. <laughs> I mean, we we shall see. That is that is very interesting. But speaking of the Milan part, I remember I was I was reading, I was just like scrolling through Instagram, and I came across this Milan page, and they were talking about how on ESPN FC Stevie Nichol was was talking about when he was first, when Zlatan was first arriving during mm-hmm. the whole covid thing he's like this guy this guy isn't going to score like any goals in this amount of time and what happens he scores like what 10 goals like he he really helped the team out so it just shows to show you that just because you're old doesn't mean that you still you still don't have it yeah, you know, I mean, I feel like it's, it's that like aura and that, that that like confidence that like Zlatan like exudes. Like, yeah, we say he's kind of like douchey and arrogant. That's that's accurate, but like <laughs> the other players kind of like feed off that. They're like, hey, like this guy thinks that he can like still ball out at like thirty eight. Like, we don't want to be shown up by a thirty eight year old. You know, like let's step yeah. up our game. Like that's the kind of mindset. 
Um, so I think that like that like winning mentality is like something people will very much overlook because you bring somebody that's been like a serial winner. I mean, he, he's won everywhere he's went um, back to Milan now. So I, I feel like that was a, a huge beneficial move for 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 the club. Same same thing with Ronaldo too. Like you just see mm-hmm. it in those kinds of players, man. They just they have it. They transmit it to the other players. That was a very good point. So let's uh, let's change notes here. Let's um, let's talk about something that's going to be happening next year. We'll talk about Euro 2021. Mm-hmm. Your boys, Poland, mm-hmm. will be in it. They've already qualified. What do you expect from them next summer? Okay, so. I, my expectations aren't re- as crazy as they were for UA. Obviously, UA has <laughs> trouble, so I'm not calling for Poland to win the tournament. Um, I'm kind of hoping that they kind of proceed on what they did in the last tournament. So in 16, they played Switzerland in the round of 16, beat them, great. And then they played Portugal, and they lost on penalties in the quarterfinals to Portugal, which like Portugal obviously ended up winning. So you, you essentially lost to, to the champions of Europe. Uh, on, on PKs, which is crazy, because if you look at it in the next round, they played Wales, and like to be fair, like looking back at it, if Poland beat Portugal, they, I, I guarantee they would have been in the final. Like, like I think they could really, been, yeah, because I mean, you look at it, they would have played Wales in the next round, and, and I, I to be fair, I think the Polish national team is is slightly better than the Welsh team, so I, I feel like that was an easy opportunity for Poland to be in the final. Were they going to win the final? I'll be honest. I mean, it's a one-off game, so you never know, but. Probably not. <laughs> I'll be honest, <laughs> but that was—I think—that was a tournament that they could have been in the final for. Uh, if obviously the penalties against Portugal just went their way. Mm-hmm. But on that note, my expectations for this year are along those same lines. I would like at least a quarterfinal berth uh, after obviously the group stage, run the round of sixteen into the quarters, and obviously after the quarters, it's hey, anything on top of that is gravy. Obviously, I'm gonna I'm gonna be ambitious and hope they win because that'd be amazing to, to watch. Poland host a hoist a Euro, that'd be amazing because I will hopefully be there to watch some of that next year if if I'm comfortable flying back to Europe yeah. and watching the games. Yep. So obviously we'll we'll see about that, but yeah. So my expectation is quarterfinal, and that obviously anything on top of that is is take it as is. How many goals is uh, Lewa bag? Mm, so you have what three group games? The quarter uh, the quarterfinal. Um, and the round of 16, so that's five matches. If if that happens, I say six goals tournament. Yeah, do you think he do you think he gets top score? I mean, the way the dude's been playing, like Jesus Christ. Yeah. I've said it, I've said it every single time on our podcast. This guy is red hot. You just like fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, I could uh, if you, <laughs> you, you please, if you my- please. Keep the praise on Lewa. Just get it all out there, man. Yeah, like if you go on my Instagram, I'm sure I, I think I tweeted like three times about him doing something today from the final <laughs> game. So like yeah, if you follow hero. yeah, you follow my 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 page, then you'll definitely see some uh, Lewandowski posts for sure. But yeah, I mean to to be fair, there's a lot of people obviously gonna do this whole like Ballon d'Or thing. There's no Ballon d'Or this year. But yeah, the guy hundred percent deserves it. And I don't think you can objectively look at over the past I'd say what 12, 18 months, and say that Lewa hasn't been the best player in, in football. Like, yeah, you can mention Messi, you can mention Ronaldo, uh, De Bruyne had a fantastic year, yep. but th- there's been nobody better than than Lewandowski. And I think uh, I don't remember which page it was, but actually uh, they posted a tweet, and it was over the course of the last five years, who scored 
the most goals in, in all of world football. And Lewandowski actually has scored more goals than both Messi and Ronaldo over the course of the last five years. Really? So it's not like like people are like, oh, he's having like a great year. It's like, not really. He's just he's been, been very great under years. the radar. Yeah. yeah, he's been very under the radar for the last like six years, seven years. So the guy's been a top baller. I feel like now he's finally just getting the recognition that he deserves as being the best, uh, I think, nine forward in football. Um, so yeah, I'm like, like I said, I he's up for the, uh, the European player of the year. I hope he wins that hands down. I think De Bruyne and Neuer are his, his other two competitors in that. So I think Leo, I should get that pretty easily. So I feel like that's very much deserved. Um, but I'm hoping they bring, bring back the Ballon d'Or. Um, there's a petition going around for like on change.org. So like people are signing <laughs> back the Ballon d'Or. I think it has like a quarter million signatures. So and it just it doesn't make any sense. We can have all these other award shows, but we can't have the Ballon d'Or. And I think I remember saying that the first time that that news kind of broke out. It's just like it, it's a it's a it's a bit ridiculous. The dude hands down deserves it. Um, and I know that you could talk about about Lewa for for hours, mm-hmm. but I need to ask this question. Sure. He he is without a doubt the star in in Poland's lineup. But are there any kind of unsung heroes or sort of like still quality players on the team that probably just don't get the recognition that they deserve that you yeah, can so, shed some light on yeah for sure uh Wojciech Szczesny uh is the oh yeah of course yep. <laughs> he's another one yep. yeah so I feel like I another... overlook the goal I know I always do I overlook the goalkeepers except Buffon so that's yeah I think I think Tech uh has definitely been in my opinion, towards that like top five echelon of, of goalkeepers in world football, especially over the last few years. Because uh, people actually don't even realize he was rated as the best goalkeeper in Serie A both years that he was at Roma from, from a saves percentage point and like all those metrics. So he was he was already having a goal. Yeah, he was, he was already balling it out at Roma. So him kind of taking that one-year tutelage under Buffon and then kind of taking the the number one shirt and making it kind of his. Like, people are like, oh, wow, he's he's this good? It's like, yeah, he's been doing it for a few years now. So I'm glad he's also the same, same uh, concept as, as Leva, um, getting the the proper recognition that he deserves. Um, there's another guy that I always like to mention. It's uh, He's the central defender from Southampton, uh, Jan Bednarek. And he, he's like a young kid, 23 years old, 24, um, around that age. And he's just like made his like starting spot at Southampton like his own. He's like really, he's really come into the fold on, in the national team uh, and really like cemented a, a, a spot for himself. So he's definitely one I always like to like shout out. He's kind of like the future like center back pillar of, of what should be the next decade of, of that position for him. Um, so he, he's been great. And then uh, Zielinski, obviously a lot of people know from his time yeah. at, Na- at Napoli. So him in that central mid role has always been has been very key over the last few years, like locking down that spot. Um, there's a couple other players that play in the Serie A that are in the Polish national team lineup. So you have uh, Bartosz Berezinski, who we saw uh, play with Sam- Sampdoria. He's the right back. Mm-hmm. He's one of the uh, starters within the national team setup right now. You have uh, Linetti, who plays for Torino. He's also been like in and out of the national team fold uh, due to other issues, not his play. It's just been like. <laughs> little coached uh little issues with the coach yeah a little coach dispute issue uh but he beforehand before the coach uh switched over he was a a guaranteed starter in the national team so there's there's definitely some guys that um to keep an eye on in the for the euros next year love it well good luck to your boys we'll see how they do we have a little (laughs) bit of time from you know now until then but yeah we'll see and i know i mentioned it at the top of the show but you are a football boot 
connoisseur. You are a a a fan of 100%. the design of the way they fit and yeah. feel. Like some people are sneaker junkies, you're a football boot junkie. 100%. So give us your top 3 favorite boots and I mean people can't see them like I can right now, but try and describe what they look like if they don't know them by the name and model number that you know them by. Sure. So um, right now there's like three boots that I'm kind of like rotating in a circle and it's, it's the three boots that I'm currently using. So I have the uh, Mizuno uh, three beta made in Japan series. So they're handcrafted leather boots um, with a little bit of fly knit or, or knit, if you want to call it uh, towards the top. So it's kind of like meshing the best of both worlds. It's you have that like new found technology of knit uh, and you have like the best of leather. So um, for those of you who don't know about Mizuno, they make hands down the best leather, leather boots like you can buy in the market. They're, they're all handcrafted. They're, they're top of the line. Obviously, they're a little bit more expensive <laughs> as, yeah. as anything that's, that's, hand, that's handmade. Uh, but yeah, they're, they're super comfortable. They're, like, imagine like, you putting on this pair of boots and you feel like you're not wearing boots. Like, they're that comfortable. Love to hear that. I really yeah. do. Yeah, so that, that's been something that I've been kind of rolling with and, it's, and it's, um, using it for, what, a couple months now, three, four months. A couple of my buddies were like, very into Mizuno there. They finally got me on the bandwagon to jump onto the train and, and, and pick up a pair. And I can definitely say that the, uh, the Hyperam Mizuno is not made up. Um, they're fantastic. The second pair that I've kind of been rolling with lately is the Copa 20 Plus. So that's the uh, laceless um, Copa. And yeah, that one I like for a completely different reason. They're, same thing. It's an all leather boot with a little bit of knit at the top for like your, uh, so you can pop your, your foot in. Yeah. Um, like the, is that the synthetic sock one? Does that yeah, one have to go up to no, your they don't have a sock. Ankle? Yeah. They don't have a sock. It just kind of like hugs like your uh, lower ankle part. So just to kind of like slip them on. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm not, a, I'm not a huge believer in the like sock like in, in football boots I, I don't think it really does anything i'm not a believer that adds lockdown or anything along those lines uh <laughs> i think it's just an extra 25 dollars that you're spending i mean hey if, if you think in your head i feel like it's more like a mental thing like oh you think you have more lockdown because you have that like sock liner but i think in, in reality it doesn't really do anything but yeah back to the copas um they're just they're they're very like soft it's super soft leather from adidas and I, with those boots, I feel like they're very like snug and they feel like super like compact on my foot and I just get like such a good strike on them. So those have been, and they're the same ones that Dybala wear. So if you ever notice what boots Dybala was wearing, um, it's, it's literally those. And yeah, I, I love Paulito. So that's, that's endorsement was, enough. That's her. Yeah, endorsement <laughs> I'm enough. buying a pair right now. I'm yeah, gonna, I'm gonna buy Paulito them. loves them. Then they're all, they're all about it. Um, so those are my favorite. Those are another one of my huge favorites. And then lately I picked up two pairs of the new, uh, mercurial vapor so uh, i'm sure most people that listen to listen to football podcast they know the vapor um so i picked it up in two colorways and i, I showed them to you so i have the cr7 safari <laughs> those are all dude they're a sexy sexy boot i don't care yeah so i got the safaris and then lately i, I just picked these up and i haven't worn these yet but i got the uh the the berry remake mbappe's vapors so those are the uh, my two pairs of vapors that I currently own, and yeah, I've I've been a very big fan of not only the vapor line but like those speed boots like for a couple of years now, and I, I feel like they're if not the best overall like speed boot on the market. I don't think you can get anything better. They're they're super comfortable. Um, they're all made out of obviously flyknit, so it's, so it molds to your foot. Um, and yeah, I just feel like I'm I'm wearing nothing on them. And obviously, they come in really fun colorways and and patterns. So yeah, right. 
<laughs> right. Yeah. So like I, you can obviously get them a little bit more tailored with like the blackouts and stuff, but I'm very much like, I love obnoxious color things. So as soon as I see like the safaris, like I was like, I need to get them. As soon as I saw the pink ones, I was like, I need to get them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, those are like my favorite, like three boots that I'm currently like kind of like rotating. And uh, I, I would, uh, any of those three, I could slip on and, and have a, have a, have an amazing time playing. In. Now, since those are your favorite ones, what's the one boot that you always wanted but never got your hands on? So I never got my hands on the original, but I got my hands on the remake. And I think I told you this before we recorded is the is the Safari of the Safari. So OK, I, I really wanted the original Safaris when I was growing up. Uh, what was I like 18, 19 when the original Safaris came out? I think it was a decade ago. So, yeah, like 17, 18 years old when those God, came out. was it really that long ago. Yeah, Holy it was shit. like 2008. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, like 2008 um, or, or around that year, the year 08 or 09, something like that. But yeah, it's been around a decade since the original Safaris came out. And like when I was growing up, though, like I loved Ronaldo when he was at, at Man United and then obviously Real Madrid. Um, so I, I loved him as a player. But those boots were like the first like pair that I was like, whoa, that that's like a cool colorway. Like that's like it's so custom. Like I've never it was like the first time any brand really did something completely like 180 in terms of like a special design. And I really wanted them. So like. Obviously, I was like, what, 17, 18 year old kid. So I'm not, I can't afford 300, like 50 euro, $300 boots at the time. You know, like it's not like feasible for me. I'm not going to, I can't get them. So obviously, like you keep, you keep kind of keep an eye on them for like over time. Like they, they still resell like ridiculously for like four or 500 bucks. Like really? Yeah. They're very, like, very, like sought after. after. Shit. For sure. So like earlier in the summer, they, uh, they released the, the, C, the new CR7 Safari, essentially the remake of the originals. And like day one, that pre-order hit on Nike.com. I was like, I was on it. Like the, <laughs> the minute it dropped, I like got my pre-order. Like I was in it. So yeah, long story short, that was like the one pair that I've always wanted for what a decade. And I finally got my hands on it a couple months ago. So um, that was been like long time, long, long time, <laughs> 12, 12, 12 years of waiting for a boot so I can get my hands on it. But I'm glad I got this version just because it's obviously, like I said, it's, it's more usable. It's, it's knit. It's not like a, a hard synthetic material like the original. Um, so definitely a lot more usable with the current gen. <laughs> They've had a decade to, uh, to improve the design margin. Yeah, so. The only, the only thing I wish it had is like the original had the, the carbon fiber, uh, sole on the bottom. Oh yeah. That was, really I cool. remember that. I do remember that. So that I, was pretty sick. Yeah. So I wish it still had that, but that's like the only element that I wish it kind of had. But other than that, like I, I love the boots. They're, they're fantastic. And they can, they just from talking to you, they definitely fit like, you know, you like as a like personal like personality wise and all that stuff they definitely that's that's like that's a you boot dude mm -hmm. i'm just i'm just saying that's, yes that's, as soon as soon same thing with the mbappes because they're hot pink so it's it's same thing it's it's a remake of the uh the, the berry nikes that like frank ribery wore um like yeah. same thing about a decade ago but like as soon as i showed it to my friends they're like dude i'm not surprised you bought those that's like a you boot like obnoxious like in your face just like crazy colorway that's that's me even like the copas which are supposed to be like a very like more like subdued boot it's supposed to be more like 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 nonchalant they're they're still white with paint splatter like that's the colorway so it's white with paint splatter so it's it's still like bold and like in your face even though it's supposed to be like a more like chill boot never never just go in all black Never. Um, I did Aside have a pair of not, yeah, I did have a pair of like blackout, uh, superflies, the current generation. I just didn't like the same thing. Like, like I mentioned, I didn't like the collar. Like I'm not a huge fan of it. So I actually sold those after like a 
couple of days of me owning them uh, just because I didn't really like the fit on them. Um, I did buy the newest uh, Phantom GTs. They were like black with like some pink accents, but they were mostly a black boot. So that's a little bit more subdued, but same 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 issue there. I didn't really like the fit on them. Um, so those went back to, to soccer.com. But yeah, so I try out like black boots like when I can, if it like it makes sense. But generally, like those boots, I don't know why. I just I've had bad luck and they don't fit, they don't fit me correctly. <laughs> they're, they're not loud enough. These yeah, they're not are, loud. They're not loud enough. Can't yeah. can't wear them. Now, although although to be fair, the the new Copas that just came out that dibala has been wearing in training, like the uh, the, it's they're they're like a dark navy blue with like silver stripes. So it's a little bit more chill back, and I really like that colorway. So I actually might pick those up, and that might be like my <laughs> My chill colorway. How many boots do you own, man? Way too you many. are a boot junkie. Way too many. And that's not even the half of it. Like one of my friends, um, my co-host of the podcast has like over 20 plus pairs. So like he's he's way de- he's way deeper into like buying pairs and like trying them out. And like he's he's way more into that than I am. I'm just a very particular guy with like a couple models and like and that's where I'll buy. But he's like, he tries everything out. So like, he's even, if you think I'm a boot junkie, he's way further along than I am. Need, need to see a lot of boot reviews on your Twitter handle and all that stuff. Need yeah. to see like how they fit, like your opinions on them. Got to make that a, a, a like a thing now. Yeah, you definitely need to do that. Yeah, and I've, I've tried to, to to slowly integrate more um, boot content. Obviously, like bread and butter. <laughs> like I, I want to talk about Juve. I want to talk about football in general. Um, but yeah, I've, I've definitely been sneaking in more boot content. I think the latest post I had was I saw Alfonso Davies in training wearing the CR7 Safaris. So I was like, that's awesome. Like I love it when when pro, like I like I literally wrote it in, in the tweet. I was like, I love it when pros wear another pro's colorway because it's like you know like that's just an awesome thing to see. Yeah, it is cool. Um, and I think one one guy from Arsenal, I think Pepe from Arsenal, also like I think two days ago was snapped in training wearing the the CR7 Safari. So it's just it's just awesome to see like other professionals like loving a colorway that another professional has. It's it's just such a cool like thing to see. Hey, and you know what? If you keep doing enough reviews, they'll be like, hey, you can have this pair. Don't need to pay. Boom. There I mean, you go. I mean, hey, if if anybody <laughs> anybody listening out there wants to send me <laughs> some free gear to review, I will a hundred percent do it. No questions asked. There you go. And actually, that's all that I got. So let me give you the floor. Talk about the Top Bins Talk podcast. This is your plug right now, man. Sure. Yeah. So um, you can follow us at Top Bins Talk on um, iTunes or on Spotify. Uh, that's where we broadcast all of our episodes. Uh, we have an Instagram page. It's at Top Ends Talk. And then uh, Top Ends Talk underscore is our Instagram handle. Um, you can follow us, follow me personally at PL, PL Juventino on Twitter. That's kind of where I'm usually going to be doing most of my content from. Uh, but yeah, so in terms of our podcast, we we generally we started out the, the show doing just Serie A. And then the more we kind of t- talked about it, because Tim's a Roma fan, I'm a Juve fan. So the more we kind of like went over it, the more we realized we're like, hey, we, I mean, we love all facets of football. It's not, we love Serie A. It's obviously our favorite league, our favorite teams play here, but we love everything. We love boots. We love um, like the, the, like the, the training aspect of it. We love everything about football. So we, we slowly evolved the podcast into doing a little bit of everything. So we still do our bread and butter, which is Serie A for about half yep. the episode. Um, but the other half we kind of save for all other topics. So we'll talk about EPL one league. We'll talk about like fun topics. We did like one episode where we created our, our all time world 11 and we argued for like 30 minutes who'll be the greatest <laughs> players of all time. 
So we we try to do like fun topics like that. We've had uh, guests on the show. Um, and yeah, like, so we're always looking for new ideas and have new guests on, um, all the time. So, I mean, I love doing podcasting. Obviously that's why I'm here with you today. I, I enjoy doing this. It's, it's, it's a, it's a blast. Um, but yeah, for anybody wanting to have a new show to listen to, um, check us out Toppins talk, uh, on iTunes or on Spotify, give us a listen, um, follow me at PLU Ventino chat with me. If you ever want to be on an episode or have any any ideas or plans for topics that we can chat about. I'm always open. You heard the man. So definitely do what he said. Follow him on all their platforms. I love the name too, by the way. I didn't say that at the top of the show. Love Top Ins Talk. That is a great name for the show. <laughs> and very happy that you're holding on to that name. So without further ado, Marchin, thank you again for showing up on the show. Love talking to you, dude. I know that I've seen you, I've seen you constantly on Twitter. And I was just like, I, I think I know I've like I tweeted at you a couple times, but nothing ever like happened. So glad that this finally did actually happen, you know? Yeah. And I'm uh, like I said, I'm super pumped to like I've joined you, even even though it's like a little 40 minute segment or whatever it is. It's it's always a blast to chat chat. Um, not only Juve, but but footy in general with somebody that enjoys the sport that I do. Uh, and anytime you need a guest in the future, I'm always down. So anytime. Oh. Hell yeah, dude. We're definitely going to have you back on again. So thank you. And thank you all for listening. We really appreciate all the support. If you liked what you heard, give us a thumbs up, a like, a subscribe, five-star review on whatever platform you're listening to. And follow us on our Twitter page at RCR underscore podcast. We'd love to hear from you. And as always, we will see you next time.